Welcome to Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on all things Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Bay Area News Group. Bram Hillsman joins me for the second part of this week's interview. Bram is the host of the popular podcast Warriors Huddle. And on part one, we talked about coming to grips with Clay Thompson's injury and thoughts on the new roster. Today, we finish our conversation with some win-now trade ideas for the Warriors. That's coming up. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I got a list of players I want to throw at you. Again, would oh, you, go. like, if you heard that the Warriors traded that package that I just said that includes Wiseman, who everybody's really stoked about, um, and the Minnesota pick, and everything that is going to make you a contender or make you a competitive team in 2028 and 2029, all that stuff that's going to make you competitive then, are you willing to give up the future, mortgage the future, which the Warriors have never had to do, really? Are you willing to mortgage the future to win now? Would you do that for Bradley Beal? That's the obvious no. It sounds like he's not going to get traded, but if he's available by the trade deadline, would you do it? No. Um, sexy name. I like him, but a little older than I would want for a move like this. Um, and I don't feel like he slam dunk guarantees a championship. You're talking Giannis. I, I feel like they are the title favorites immediately. Yeah. No Giannis is obvious. Let's yes. go. Right. Yeah. Uh, Beal, um, I actually agree with you on Beal. A lot of Warriors fans are circling him as, Oh, just replace clay with Beal. I don't, I don't love Beal the way I loved like prime clay as a fit there. And I don't know that he makes Steph better enough yep. where like, it's just going to – and I don't know that Steph makes Beal much better, even though I think Steph makes everybody better with his shooting. But, it, yeah, it, to me it's just not enough. Beal is just not quite that level of player that, that really gets you to the level of guys like the Lakers or the Clippers this year or some other teams that are coming out of the East. Okay, so I agree with you on Beal. Um, Joel Embiid? If he wasn't hurt – uh, consistently, right? If he didn't have the injury concerns and his medical records weren't filled with red flags, you'd have my attention. Um, I, I would absolutely think it out. But with his medical flags, and, and this is just instant reaction, but with the medical concerns and where the league has gone, I don't know if the Lakers are going to change this with their size. Um, I would probably say no to him too. Um, and I'm hoping that Wiseman kind of becomes him, right? So no, I would not do it for Joel. Uh, healthy Embiid's one of the top seven or eight players in the league. You combine him with Steph, and you have the best post-up player in the league, and basically since Shaq. Um, but you only unless get you count like unless hours. you count that one year of LeBron in Miami. But yeah, I mean, look, you look at what he's played the last few years: fifty-one games in a shortened. In you know, they played sixty-five, seventy games last year um, in Philadelphia. I played fifty-one games. 64 games a year before that, 63 games a year before that. So you could basically count on Embiid missing 20 games a year. Yep. He's still really good, and, if, and he's been healthy in the playoffs. And so you can load manage Embiid, just have a serviceable backup behind him, um, who's not going to be Wiseman in this. I, I, I would really think hard about Joel Embiid because you have hit with him now just an inside-outside threat defensively, when he's on the floor, he's as good as anybody in the league. Um, so I really let's, have to let's think hard a, about it. Make it a spectrum, right? You call me. You are Milwaukee. You're getting through the offer, but you've already said Giannis. I'm saying yes. I'm just waiting for you yes. to speak. Whatever it is, you stop talking. I'm saying yes. I don't care what you've said. Bradley Beal, I'm paying attention, but probably I'm just waiting to say no. Joel Embiid, you've got my attention. 
we're, we are probably negotiating, you know, yeah. like, does, does, do we definitely come to a deal? I don't know. I, I kind of wish that Chelsea Lane was still on the squad so that I'd have a trainer whose opinion I could get down with. But, you know, I, I, I would have a conversation with the medical staff and would be calling them back. Absolutely. And I think this is, you're right. It's a negotiation. Whereas with Giannis, blank check, whatever it takes, you got it. We'll do yeah. it. Right. Where with Embiid, I think you're fighting for that pick swap. Maybe you're fighting to keep one extra first right. round pick. Maybe you're, you're arguing about what's the max salary that we're throwing in there with James Wiseman. We don't want to get, we would prefer to give you Andrew Wiggins as opposed to Draymond Green or whatever it was. I think that's the negotiation. I'm a dick throughout the entire negotiation. You know, the, the Yanni's negotiation, I'm your best friend. Whatever you want. Dude. Like, Wes, I'll, let's do this at your house. With the MP thing, I'm like, well, you know, he's hurt, man. I don't know. Be an entirely different tenor. But again, you have my attention. Ben Simmons. I wish I knew who Ben Simmons was, Wes. Um, so on one side, Ben Simmons was the future of like human evolution when he first came in the league, the 6'10", you know, remarkably fast, good decision-making Australian who had an FU attitude and nothing but a high future. Love that guy. In the last couple of years, it seems like that's kind of changed. Now he's the dude that we all give a, a standing ovation to if he makes a single three-pointer during the preseason. Um, and so I don't know exactly who he is. He's an all-NBA player. I agree with you. We don't know exactly what he is, but we do know that. And he's big and he is young. And I think he has a hell of an upside. So on this spectrum that you and I have just created, he's in the Joel Embiid um, category for me. You have my attention. Absolutely. You don't have me, you know, kissing your ass to make sure that the deal gets done, but it's something that I would explore for sure. Uh, let me, let me ask you, man. Upside on Wiseman. Everything goes exactly as we want it to go. All right. We fast forward five years and the, the Draymond has worked with him. His development has gone better than anybody thought. How good is his upside in your mind? I don't think he's Kevin Garnett. I don't think he's Chris Bosh. Uh, those are the two comparisons that he likes to make and that people like to make. And I understand that, but he just doesn't have, there's, there's a natural basketball feel that both of those players have that James Wiseman doesn't. That's is he that. better than, than JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard? Yes, absolutely. I think he is. When you look at the next generation of centers, Anthony Davis, Bam Adebayo, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, that group, the hope is with Wiseman is that he can join that group in a few years' time. I, yep. I think that he will, at, at best, can get close, but just shy of that group. I think he's a notch below that group, which is still a really good player. I mean, if you're a notch below that group – you're still a top 25, 30 player in the league, which is exactly what the Warriors need. But they just need it now, not four years from now. So with that understanding, Ben Simmons for you, what's happening? Are you talking it out? Would you accept it? It's the honest deal. I do. Really? Yeah. I think he's that good. Uh, I think he can be better. And I think in Golden State, it would be a perfect situation for him. The one thing about Ben Simmons, and this is stuff I haven't knocked, I know that he's not a good three-point shooter, but I don't. I'm not one of – you've heard some rumors that he doesn't work hard. I don't find that at all. Everybody I've talked to about Ben Simmons, it's, that's as much a rumor as anything. Uh, all indications that I've gotten is that he works hard. And you put him in Golden State and he'll work even harder if that's even an issue in the first place. Um, I don't – he did not get along with Brett Brown, which had a lot to do with not just that, those rumors, but I think also with the fact that he wasn't shooting threes. I think he was reluctant to do it because he just didn't – there was some friction between him and Brett Brown, and he just wanted to piss off his coach, which I think you and I both understand from an emotional perspective. <laughs> so, but defensively, 
there's to me two guys in this league who can guard all five positions and I should actually take that back three guys in this league who can guard all five positions one of them is Giannis who we've already established we would do this trade for one of them is Ben Simmons if he is that guy defensively then you have me in the Yanni's category as well. We'll be right back, but first, let's talk about Built Go. Whether it's for your mental or physical wall, break through it with Built Go every day. These easy-to-carry one-and-a-half-ounce packages are perfect to bring in your briefcase or in your gym bag. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's not even close. It's five-hour energy, but you're not getting that crash feeling that you get with that. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. It comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. So how does Built Go work so well? Well, Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein, a fast-absorbing protein that promotes uh, joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you feel better and look better. Every day around in, in the late afternoon, 2, 3, 4 o'clock, uh, I will typically take a collagen protein powder and mix that into a coffee just to sort of get me through the day, give me that extra little punch. I have replaced that now with this Built Go package, especially when I'm out and I'm on the move or uh, covering games or something like that, I'm on the road, I just use Built Go. It gives me all that stuff that I need as far as the energy boost and that collagen protein that's so important. So here's the offer. Visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 30% off on your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Make sure to tune in Friday for the weekly mailbag. You can send your questions in to me on Twitter at WC Goldberg or email them to wgoldberg at bayarianewsgroup.com. Yeah, because that, that's what they've lost, man. I mean, they'll, they'll be able to make up the scoring that Clay left. You know, between Ubre and Wiggins and what Steph is probably capable of, they'll get the points. But what, you know, they, they've lost what Clay probably added the most to this team is the perimeter defense. So if Simmons can do that, then yeah, um, I would be willing to give up some pretty big pieces. But now that Rivers is there, you know, like the Philly's in such turmoil, there's no way they're going to make any big moves this offseason, right? Like they're going to have to at least play one year so that Rivers can try to fix that thing without them making any big moves. Right. And I think this might be something by the trade deadline, right? It's not something you do now, but I think you can do it at the trade deadline, possibly if things go south in Philadelphia, maybe during the offseason. Look, we know Daryl Morey is quick to make moves if he thinks that things aren't working out. If he decides that that, that duo of Embiid and Simmons isn't workable, then he'll make a trade at the deadline. I have no doubt about right. it. And, um, and like I said, this has, nothing, this has, it has everything to do with Clay, but it doesn't really have anything to do with Clay in that I, I think that the Warriors are in need of a win-now move right now, regardless of whether or not Clay comes back 100%, because I just don't think when, if, if Clay comes back 100% of what he can be, it doesn't mean that he will be what he was. And, yeah. what, and I think they need him to be what he was to be a championship contender. If not, I'm throwing him into this deal for Ben Simmons because if you're Daryl Morey and you're getting Clay Thompson back, even at 70% of what he was, he's still one of the best shooters ever. And, and that's exactly what you need around Joel Embiid is a guy who could space the floor the way Clay can. And I'm throwing Wiseman there. And yeah, maybe you have some redundancy between Embiid and Wiseman, but that's something that you figure out later if you're Philadelphia, you could flip Wiseman for another asset. Um, reroute him somewhere where he makes sense and get another player back. And then I'm throwing the first round picks in there too, because what, what I'm looking for here and what I think we established with Beal is that Beal and Curry, I don't think could have a relationship in which the two make each other better. To me, that was the problem with the Clippers all along is that Kawhi and Paul George never made each other better, but LeBron and Anthony Davis did, right? You had a ball handle and a front court player that made each other better. Uh, it was a symbiotic relationship. 
I think that's what you need when you're the Warriors, not just the player in the vacuum who, who is young and can, can be an elite player, but also somebody who has that relationship with Steph, who they can you know, coexist and make each other better. Ben Simmons, with his ability to run the floor, guard all five positions, pass the way at a genius level he does, the whole thing with Curry is put as many versatile defenders around him so you can hide him on defense and get him the ball to get him the easiest shots possible. Ben Simmons will do those things. And like with Anthony Davis and LeBron, I think he's good enough to push Steph's championship window further because as Open. Steph ages, Ben Simmons is only going to get better. And I think you've just now extended the championship okay. window, which is why I'm saying everything, everything give goes. Me, give me the mental impact, all right? Because I love your take on this stuff. Um, and we were just talking about how, you know, the, the attitude in the locker room went up when they signed Ubre. Like, this stuff matters. It's not just on the floor. What happens off of it? Clay is beloved. You know, I'm not, I'm not in the locker room, but I can say that without fear of being wrong. He's loved in the yeah. streets of the Bay Area. He's loved on the court. He's loved in the locker room. He is beloved. If the Warriors right now, right after he just suffered the second injury in two consecutive years, they traded him out and brought back Simmons. They brought back a big name. But if they traded this this you know, the shining star, the diamond in the ashtray uh, of the, the Warriors past for a while. What happens to the locker room? Like, do, do you think that Steph and everybody would welcome Ben Simmons in if they made that move? They would have to, right? Because I think there would have to be an understanding that, look, this is what we need to extend our championship window. It's a business. And it's unfortunate. And it's a business. And look, yeah. it's been kumbaya and good, good feelings all around in Golden State for a long time. But at some point, it's a business, and you gotta and you gotta yep. do what you can. And look, I think with Steph would be upset at first, but I think he would also see Ben Simmons and the potential there. And in his heart of hearts, he might say, "Look, this is the guy who can get me another one or two or three championships. That's worth it for me and my legacy, and and what that means uh, for me in this organization going forward." I think it would be rocky at first, but only if you get a player like Ben Simmons is is it worth it. I think. Yeah, um, I want to throw another name at you. I think I know what the answer to this is going to be. James Harden. Uh, talk about like weird separation between my professional opinion and my fandom opinion. My fandom opinion wants to scream at you, absolutely not, Wes, and how dare you ask me that. My professional opinion, you'd have to consider it. He's, he's not a Yanni slam dunk, yes, but he's, he's much closer to a Yanni slam dunk, yes, than he is to an absolutely not Bradley Beal, no. Uh, I think he's got a hell of another. Well, you know what? Hold on. Let me think this out. Because if what we have just identified is a glaring need for defense, that's what we need to bring in. The one thing we know that James Harden will not be doing should they bring him in is defending who Steph can't. So I'm, I'm talking myself back towards Bradley Beal. I would have the conversation with them but would be less willing to give up major assets because I don't think he's a guarantee to keep Steph's title window open. He's an all-world player, but his fit on this team wouldn't work as well as Ben Simmons. Yeah, I'm not there with Harden either. I mean, ob- it, it, the name is, is so big that you'd be like, oh, yeah, ab- obviously right. James exactly. Harden. But yeah. it's – and look, he's really, really good on offense, and that has so far made up for his shortcomings on defense his entire career since getting to the Rockets. But – um, I don't know that I would be willing to throw the kitchen sink in a way. Understanding that what you're looking for is to make Steph better. I think Harden can get Steph easy shots, 
I think you take a lot of pressure off of Steph in the same way that Kevin Durant did, but he's not doing what Kevin Durant did on defense. Yep. And that's to me, the problem is now you've got Steph and James Harden as your backcourt. That's really, really, and, and no, and assuming that you'd have to give up Wiseman and, and a lot of assets to make it work. I just don't know that there's the framework to ever get to a level defensively where you're a championship contender and you're just like really good version of the Rockets that, but not, but not <laughs> quite good. I don't know that that's good enough. They might be the first team to give up like 225 points in a game. Then that would be kind of entertaining. I mean, the other problem too with Harden is the one ball problem actually matters now because you, to, to make up for the difference defensively, you're going to need Steph to take 23 pointers a game. And that's going to be really hard when James Harden is taking 30. So, um, well, and I, I would I have, have to do erase, I'd have to erase about 150 hours of podcast shit housing James Harden, which is that's not, right. I, I am technologically not savvy, Wes. So that, that cannot happen. Hard no for me now that I've thought it out. Last name. Rudy Gobert. And now a lot of people would say, what? Why? And I don't right. think it would take what it would take to get Giannis or Ben Simmons Rudy Gobert. I should start. Well, here, I'll do I don't that for you now. Take. Here, say, say Gobert again. Gobert. We can recreate it. Say Gobert. What? What? Why would you do that? Okay, there we go. Perfect. Well, here's why. <laughs> I would not give up what I, you'd give up for Giannis or Ben Simmons. But... If it took James Wiseman a big salary, probably not Clay, but a big salary like Oubre or Wiggins, or maybe I don't, I don't think that you would need to throw Draymond Green in there. Maybe Utah would really want Draymond Green for some reason. The logic to me as Utah makes sense. You get Wiseman, who is more in line with Donovan Mitchell's window. Uh, you move on for Gobert, who you don't really want to pay the extension to long term, et cetera. Uh, Wiseman didn't get COVID room. That's right, too. Yes, he, he, he <laughs> may get along with Donovan Mitchell in a way that Gobert doesn't. Um, that, to me, makes sense from Utah. You get the number two, the guy who's the number two pick, maybe another salary who could be a good player for you, and, and you, you pull the trigger on that. For the Warriors, Rudy Gobert, the, their problem last year was defense and rebounding. That's why they draft Wiseman. I think Wiseman, when, I, when you ask me what his ceiling could be, a notch below those elite centers, that's right where Rudy Gobert is. And so you could argue that James Wiseman's best case, case scenario is Rudy Gobert. Well, Rudy Gobert is Rudy Gobert right now. And if you could trade Wiseman and another salary to get Rudy Gobert, who is a top 25 player in this league, and now you have a guy who makes Steph better. You can run a lot of pick and roll between Steph and Gobert. He's a really efficient scorer, um, even though he can't space the floor at all. He's very, he doesn't miss anything within three feet of the rim. He's the, maybe the best defensive center in the league. Uh, cleans up everything on the glass. He's a great lob threat, which would be nice with Draymond if you keep Draymond around. And if eventually you do get Klay Thompson back, then there's less of a floor spacing issue if Gobert is in the middle there. And you could just say, you know what? This is how we play now. Draymond, you're getting older. We're not playing you at center anymore. You're a power forward in perpetuity. Try to nail that three, that corner three. Uh, we'll have uh, Gobert in the middle. Steph, maybe one day Clay spacing the floor. And you still got guys like Oubre. You still got most of those draft picks, because I don't think you'd have to give up all of them, because I think the, the, the center of the deal would be James Wiseman. And, uh, and you would go forward with that. It's something I would think about if I'm the Warriors. I just, I don't know that if you're the Warriors or a Warriors fan that you could talk yourself into giving up James Wiseman, who we have hyped up so much for Rudy Gobert, who ended last season by getting coronavirus. And how old is Gobert? Uh, 28. 28. Okay, because that, that'd be a little bit of a concern for me. Um, I, I understand the premise of this segment. We are talking about putting the chips 
in the middle of the table so they can win a chip in the next three years um, and then giving up, you know, what happens six, seven years from now. But there's also with somebody like Giannis, with somebody like Ben Simmons, there's also a torch passing. We, we are not only making sure that Steph has a legitimate shot over the next couple of years, but, you know, Simmons is in his mid-20s. Giannis, again, early mid-20s. When Steph's window closes, you still have another player who can kind of keep going. That's not true for Gobert um, and, and also isn't the kind of person you could build around. So interested? I'm not giving you a hard no. You know, if I'm Bobby Myers and I get a call from Utah, I, I'd, I'd keep you on the line. I would be cordial. You know, we might even have a couple of back and forth, but I wouldn't be as interested because I don't feel like I can, I can use Gobert really effectively after Steph leaves. Does that make sense? Yes, and I think Bob Myers would have the same reaction. And you know what? I think the tiebreaker goes to Steph. I think if you're Bob Myers, you owe it to Steph. Like, listen, here's the yeah. opportunity. Because I do think, by the way, if the Warriors made did flip James Wiseman and some, and let's call it Andrew Wiggins for yep. Rudy Gobert and maybe another piece. I mean, even if you were able to get like a Joe Ingles out of it, which maybe you yep. might throw in another first yep. round pick or something, but. That makes them a championship team right now because that's a Gobert is a walking top ten defense, and that's what you yep. need if you're the Warriors. And Steph Curry is a walking top ten offense, I would think, uh, and that's what you're going to need. I think that makes them a legit title contender right away. And and I think you go to Steph with this deal and say, look, this is what Utah offered us. You're Steph Curry. Do you want to pull the trigger on this? Do you want yep. this? And Steph Curry I, I, has the final say. I love that idea because it's also his legacy, really, that we're talking about. So that's getting right. his input, you know, what do you want to do here? Um, I, I think that that's smart. And all of these guys, I mean, who knows if Utah's interested, where they are, uh, but all of these moves have my interest. You know, I mean, it's, these, are, these are names that are worth exploring, if nothing else. Right. And just so everybody knows, uh, I'm not reporting any of this stuff. I all I am. This is completely speculation. I'm not saying that these guys are targets for the Warriors whatsoever. But if I am the Warriors front office, I would be at least monitoring what's going on with all of these uh, situations. All right. One of the things I love about your show, your podcast, Warriors Huddle, is that you introduce these great segments, these games that um, at the end of the day intend to draw information out of your guests or uh, at least get help fans get to know the team or just have a good laugh or whatever. And uh, I'm trying to do my best impression of your show right now in, in this Flint. game that I'm about to, uh, to debut. Uh, Thanksgiving's coming up and I thought it would be fun to go through some of the players on this roster and guess what kind of side dish that they would prepare for Thanksgiving. Does this sound like a good idea? Sure. I'm on board. Absolutely. Steph Curry. He's not preparing it. Um, it's Aisha, but they're working something behind the scenes, and it's something that's both traditional and crazy fancy. It'll be like mashed potatoes that also has 19 layers of pre-smoked pork or something like that. <laughs> so, like, great. Like, he, he comes in. It's perfectly uh, made. It's in, like, a ridiculously nice pan and is brought out in, in like, you know, three or four pieces. So, yeah, a, a very, very fancy side dish that screams, I'm a much better cook than anybody here. And there's gift bags with... Aisha Curry's uh, cooking book <laughs> at the door, and it's not even their house. 
And, so when, and when people, but when people leave, there's a gift bag with the book in there. Just no in one's really they sure where they came from. No, that, they didn't. Have, no one really saw them coming in. They just appeared there. They happened to have her face on it. Classy though. Class, not not a huge picture of her face. You know, it's just kind of top left corner, but it's there in case you notice. Right with a uh, yeah, with a nice little inscription <laughs> written in each one. Uh, Draymond Green. He brings nothing. He, he made it at the house. He did actually, like, in fact, no, he bought something, um, paid a lot of money for it, had the best intentions, wanted to impress you, and then got involved in something else, completely forgot to brought it or bring it, and then is unapologetic about it. And you've leaned on him. You know, like, we need you to bring me whatever, the champagne. He doesn't bring it, doesn't apologize, and you just have to awkwardly go <laughs> yes. forward. I think if I'm inviting Draymond and he's saying, what can I bring? I, I, I just, I don't want to challenge Draymond to do anything. So I'm like, you know what? Can you bring paper plates? And, <laughs> and, you, mean, <laughs> and you buy the paper plates anyways. Just in just case. In case. You know? just, I, was, I, I love that answer. I think you're right. I, my initial reaction was um, uh, corn casserole because this is my move. Because if you know anything about making corn casserole, all you got to do is go to the Safeway, grab the Jiffy Mix, and the instructions are right there. And it's like three things. It's just like throw all of this sour cream and cream cheese or like whatever, an egg into a bowl, mix it, and stick that in the oven for like 20 minutes. And boom. And everybody loves it because it's corn. And I, um, I mean, I feel like, I, so I love you to death, Wes. And because of that, I have to tell you this. Nobody loves corn casserole. What oh. are you doing? Anyone who's telling you they love corn casserole actually does not love corn casserole. They're just good friends of yours or family, and they're trying to be nice to you. Your family did not grow up uh, where my family grew up. Uh, well, actually, a lot of your family did grow up where my, some of my family grew up. Exactly right. The other in, half in the of my of family. And the corn casserole half of the family that appreciates yeah, your, your last name is Goldberg. My last name is Feinstein Hillsman. I'm pretty sure there's some crossover between our family upbringings, but it is what it is. Um, speaking of people who we have no crossover with, Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> I think his family has like, no idea. I, where's his family from? Like West Virginia, I think. Um, yeah. I don't know what he brings. It could be if, if he brought a TV dinner, I wouldn't be surprised. If he brought a full turkey, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I have apps. I, I just, I keep trying with your help, Wes. Yeah. I keep trying to get an outside perspective on who I think this guy is. And so far, between when he came in last year and right now, I've learned nothing. I have no idea. So I'm leaning on you. You tell me if, if it was a hostess pie, I wouldn't be surprised. I think Wiggins is the guy who surprises you because he just doesn't really have much of many outside interests. And as long as you've told him like a few weeks in advance that, hey, this is where the Thanksgiving party is. Can you bring something? He'll surprise you with like two really good pies. And he won't really, you'll ask him like if he made it or not. And he's going to give you some sort of non-answer where you're not really sure if he bought the pie or if he made the pie. It's a pretty straightforward question, but you're still not sure what the answer is. And it doesn't really matter because the pie is delicious. And it has like some personal flair once you've opened it up. It's like your face has been carved into the front of it. And suddenly you realize he's actually like really sensitive and has always been paying attention, you know, but like just right. never actually showed you. And it just is what it is. He gives you kind of like a sly smile as you cut into it. And that's it. That's the only back and forth you have about it. Got to ask you for Clay. What's Clay bring? <laughs> Don't ask me about Clay now, man. I was just starting to be happy. You <laughs> just brought me out of the doldrums and then right back into the shitter. You bastard. Uh, what would Clay bring? Something that had absolutely nothing to do with Thanksgiving. Right. And it would be like weird too. It would be like 18 bags of Cheetos. 
like, why do I need all of the, like, oh, okay, well, thank you, man. You know, and well, it'll like, sort of make sense, sense too, because whatever Clay's going to bring is everybody's going to like, like, who doesn't like Cheetos? Don't tell me you like Cheetos. That's, ex that's exactly right. And you'd go through, that's exactly what would happen. He'd, he'd hand you the giant bag filled with Cheetos. He'd wink at you before you could be like, why did you, the, the rest of the party would come over like, Cheetos? Are those Cheetos? And then just start, just start hitting them hard. And meanwhile, Clay has already moved on. He's like fired up your PlayStation. You're not sure even how he knew where it was, you know? That's right. Uh, I think you might, you might also bring like a, a 24 pack of Coors Light and you're like, really? And he's like, look, everybody loves Cheetos. Everybody loves beer. And everybody's like, that's a really good point, Clay. Um, the 24 right. beers are all just for him. He actually is not giving any of those away, but whatever, you know, there's not a lot of alcohol in Coors Light. Don't worry about it. Right. The Cheetos are for you. These are for me. Kelly Oubre. <laughs> uh, if Kelly Oubre is the guy I want him to be, he brings nothing in and he tells you, fuck you, you'll like this. I, I do what I want. I, I want him to be this like defensive asshole out on the floor. So I've created this like, guard dog mentality for him in my mind but between you and i i know nothing about kelly Oubre, so I'm, I'm not sure you tell us who what what who is his personality and, and what does he bring i think he does challenge you but he doesn't challenge you by not bringing anything he challenges you by bringing something polarizing and expecting you to at least try it so i think he comes over with green bean casserole and he, <laughs> but like but like you know with the mushrooms and everything in it and he's like look if you don't like this I don't care. You're going to at least try it. Uh, yeah. I like that a lot. It's a bowl of candy corn. It's like, oh, here's my candy corn. He like, yeah, doesn't say anything else. Just puts it right in the middle where the turkey should be. All right. I'm going to let you pick one out of the following, and then we'll end it there. <laughs> Eric Paschal, Alan Smiley-Geach, Marquise Chris. Alan Smiley-Geach. Absolutely Alan Smiley-Geach. And I would like you to go first. Uh, I was stealing our buddy Connor Letourneau's reporting who said that Smiley Geach loves to go to Chili's because he loves the queso. I think he orders Chili's to go, pulls up in that little parking spot on the way to the house, gets one thing of queso and chips because he's not really sure how all this American <laughs> stuff works yet, gets one thing of queso and chips in, in, a, in a little white to-go bag, drops it on the table when he gets there, and sits in a corner for the rest of the party. I like the idea of him not understanding tradition. I think he comes over with a potted plant and three pieces, three pieces of chicken. She's like, oh, I wasn't sure which way to go, so here you go. And you feel weird about it. Like, you don't want to make him feel awkward. So right. you thank him profusely for the three pieces of chicken. And, like, when, you're, when your spouse comes over and, and is like, what are we going to do? They're like, shh, shh, don't make him feel bad. So, yeah, I, I think that's how that goes. He's also the guy that gets there really early and is just sort of sitting there while everybody is preparing the rest of the house. <laughs> and feels no obligation to talk. Right. You are trying super hard to make it not awkward. You're tap dancing. You're asking mm -hmm. him things. You know, he just doesn't care at all. He's just turning his potted plant around in a circle silently. Passively watching like the last 15 minutes of the Mesa's Day Parade. <laughs> and laughing while watching it and you have no idea why. Right. It's the Rockettes. What's funny about this? Um, Bram, thanks so much for joining the show. It's always a blast. Uh, tell the people about your, your show and where they can find it. Uh, Warriors Huddle. Uh, you got a sense of it already. Um, if you would like to check us out, we are anywhere that podcasts are played. iTunes, Stitcher, the whole nine yards. We've got a Twitter account as well. Uh, that's at Warriors Huddle. Um, and if you want to let me know I was wrong, right? Anything, uh, you can shoot us an email to our super unprofessional email account, warriorshuddle at gmail.com. <laughs>
And for us, remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Warriors wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate, review, say nice things about the show. You can send your comments and questions to me at Twitter at WC Goldberg or email them over to my professional account, wgoldberg at bayarenewsgroup.com. Oh, wow. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Have a great Thanksgiving.